High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Oh, welcome slumberers, my slumber club. Glad you can make it. Thanks for stopping by my apartment today for High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, but you already know that. And I want to start by saying that I'm super, super sorry for all the technical difficulties yesterday. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, please, it's a homework assignment, listen to part one of our Halloween special. Today's part two, I didn't even know we were going to have a part two, it's hard to explain, but basically, a lot of weird things are happening. The good news is I was able to restore the rest of the audio with our guest Shawnee Mead, meaning we can continue our awesome, awesome discussion on Teen Witch. The bad news? Well, I didn't believe it at first, but I'm pretty sure there's some kind of evil presence here. We can get out of this mess. I'm convinced of it, but I don't know. I don't want to live with a ghost. Let me bring you up to speed. Last week, Kyle, Kyle Reinfried, my former co-host and current host of Foodie Films, stopped by and warned me that I would be visited by three ghosts. Or friends, or something like that. I don't know. And then, like, Mike Manzi, the host of Third Time's a Charm, showed up. And he was claiming to be the ghost of Halloween movies past, or something like that. It's silly, really, and I know it sounds stupid. But, you know, it's kind of just, like, spooking me out a little bit. Especially when I listen back to the tapes. I don't know, I feel like there was something, something there, you know. Like I said, like a presence. God, as I say it out loud, I sound like such an idiot. I need to close a window or something. Hello, Brian. Uh, Joey? How'd you get in here? Now, what are you doing under that sheet? You know this party's sleeping bag mandatory. I am not Joey. All podcasting and no partying makes Joey a dull boy. I am the ghost of Halloween movies present. Not this again. Now, I have the power to cancel you in the present, right here, right now, so you better listen. Look, look, I'm sorry. I know last week's episode was a little weird, but trust me, this time it really wasn't my fault. I seriously think there's a haunting happening at High School Slumber Party. Do you know why there's a haunting? It's because you offend the spirit of Halloween. Spirit of Halloween? Isn't that the store at the mall that's only open a month or two? Like... You know, with the bags of costumes and all the screaming kids and stuff. Oh, Brian. You live in one of the best times ever to be a fan of horror movies, and yet you don't seem to embrace them on your podcast. Not only do they make modern horror film classics like Get Out, It Follows, Happy Death Day, The Witch, Hereditary, The Cabin in the Woods, 
you're next. A girl walks home alone at night. And, of course, Mandy, shout out Cage Club, and the Neon Demon, shout out Keanu Club. But now, in the present, in this very day and age, you have an access to an entire history of horror movies at the click of a button. And, of course, many of those are high school movies. Joey, can you please take off that sheet? You look ridiculous. Jesus, did you bring your entire horror film DVD collection? How the hell did you get in here? I didn't see your mom drop you off. Brian, we live in a time where we're spoiled with the amount of movies you can get at the touch of a finger. If you want the evil that's haunting your podcast to leave, you must feed the evil from time to time. Feed it, Brian. Feed the evil. For the first time in your life, you have friends who will happily join you for your slumber party each week. Don't take that for granted. One day you're here, the next, you could be gone. Or worse, canceled. Joey, what the hell? Where'd you go? And where are your movies? Oh my god, guys, he just, like, vanished into thin air. Oh, what's going on? Hello? Hey, Brian. What's your favorite scary movie? Joey? Is, is that you? Where'd you go? What do you mean? I've been home the whole time. I've been home all day. I just called to wish you a happy Halloween and remind you to plug Too Fast, Too Forever, the Fast and the Furious podcast right here on cageclub.me, comes out every other Tuesday, including this upcoming Tuesday where we talk about Fast Five. Sorry I can't make it tonight. Now have fun. And have you? is John Cusack still blocking you? Uh, what? I mean, the Fast and Furious stuff sounds cool, but Joey, I, I gotta go. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. I really don't get what's happening here. I can't just change our Halloween special, like, midstream. Teen Witch is awesome. It's not that scary, but... I can't wait for part two to begin. I'm sorry for the delay, guys. Maybe I should take horror films more seriously. Maybe I should have done a horror film today. even raining. Hello, Brian. Oh, hey, Kara. You're in on this, too? Let me guess. The ghost of Halloween movies future! Of course. Plus, I'm aware of this whole ghost thing that's haunting you, Brian. I felt it when you guest starred on Wistful Thinking's episode about the craft. Yeah, I should have taken your word for it. I I guess this ghost was real. I'm starting to, like, really understand now. By the way, you're looking rather translucent. I'm hoping that's just because you're a figment of my imagination. No, Brian, I'm a hologram. A hologram. In the future, we podcast through holograms. Oh, man. Does this mean I'm going to have to put on some adult clothes in the future when I podcast? Because part of the appeal of hosting my show is that I get to do it in my PJs. Hence the slumber party aspect. You know, pajamas, works. Oh, I know. Brian, if you don't change soon and embrace horror films from time to time, your show has no future. What do you see over there? Uh, nothing. And who do you see over there? Um, nobody? Ah, yes. That is your future. Once your listeners ghost on you and you get cancelled, you will have nothing, and once you have nothing, 
nobody's going to come to your slumber parties, just like it was for you in the past. So too will be your fate in the future. Oh, and by the way, in the near future, Jordan and present day Kara will have some awesome episodes of Wistful Thinking coming out soon. We'll be covering some films very re- very relevant to your listeners' interests, like Election and Dick. I'll also be on the upcoming season of Cinemakers talking to Joey and Mike about the filmography of Amy Hackerling, who has made some of the most iconic high school films, like Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Clueless. So make sure you subscribe to Cinemakers so you can hear the first episode when it drops on November 19th. But of course, you can check all of that out at cageclub.me. Wow, that actually sounds really cool. You're right, that's up our alley here. Very high school slumber party oriented. I love it. Wait, who turned on the lights? Nothing. Nobody. It's nothing. No, nobody. Nothing. Nobody. Nothing. Nobody. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, I found my computer. Still some power. Things are getting so weird in here. Um, Look, I'm just going to wait this ghost out. Forget this. You know what? I'm not afraid of you anymore. I'm not afraid of you anymore. (sighs) It's so cold all of a sudden. (laughs) What what the hell? (sighs) Ah! Ah! Quickly links up with Polly. We see um, Brad, not for the first time, because we saw Brad in a fantasy, but we see Brad pick up, I guess, Randa. Yeah, across the road. So obviously, Louise lives in like a really nice neighborhood. Oh, yeah. So obviously, she's not uncool because of that. She's just a dork and no one really notices her. But no. Polly starts laughing about Randa's clothes, saying this sleazy or something. I don't <laughs> The click of popular girls is Randa. Kiki and Sean, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who named these characters, but whatever. Um, whatever. They're they're chatting, and we're getting a little sense of who they are. And when they enter school for the first time, we see the debut of this weirdo white rapper group. Yeah, there's just a trio of guys, and they're just rapping 
in front of people's lockers, which is kind of annoying because then you'd have to get them to get out your way to put your books in in the morning. What's the song they sing? I mean, that's same. They say something about high school blues or something. Oh, the high school blues, like got the high school blues. You're right. Yeah. They're in front of Louise's locker, so then she has to get them to get out of the way, and then they're like, they start going like, "Oh, like, hey, baby," and then they go like, "Do you even go to high school?" <laughs> she doesn't look ten. She definitely looks like she should be in high school. She definitely looks like a teenage girl. But then they kind of like wander off and I don't know, go and rap somewhere else. I guess. <laughs> and she's also dressed like kind of more mature so i wasn't sure if they were asking is she too young or too old that group is super silly (laughs) yeah i think it's sort of like they're kind of accepted because they're like the class clown so people kind of think they're cool even though they're obviously you wouldn't if there's these guys walking around (laughs) rapping like oh my so embarrassing but in this universe they managed to skate by people accept them i don't know but <laughs> and i think the first like big though high school scene is mm. now we know richie like kind of chocolated up her diary page and they're yeah. in their they're like a poetry class and that teacher who just sucks by the way he's like the worst yeah, person he, in the world i think his name's mr weaver he's just this dreadful and then she comes in late and then he makes it like it's the worst thing in the entire I think she's like two seconds late to class but he just keeps going on about it and how like you know you're wasting my time and I don't know well if you're at work like you're not wasting your time you're being paid to be here (laughs) (laughs) especially she wasn't even that late but he he picks her her essay or whatever it's supposed to be her assignment because of sticky hands Richie it's gotten a diary page about Brad which is quite embarrassing because she goes into sort of you know some fantasy kind of details. Nothing like explicit, but it's a bit, it's definitely not what you want read out in class. But then the teacher, who can obviously see it's a smaller piece of paper that's probably accidentally gotten in there, but because he's a sadist, he decides <laughs> to read it out. So then it's all like, you know, Brad the Red Hot Lover and Brad's kisses, and, and obviously Brad is in the class, so he looks really embarrassed, even though he actually has no idea who Louise is. <laughs> but then at the very end, he goes like, oh, Miss Miller. So then it makes it even worse because then... Yeah, he outs her too. So then she like runs away and then Polly finds her in the bathroom and she's like, I've never been able to face Brad again. And then Polly goes, I think it'll be fine. And then obviously (laughs) Brad has no idea who she is. So the next time she sees Brad, it's like, whatever. Though I think the next time she sees Brad, he's weirdly like shirtless doing football practice. Oh, yeah. She's essentially stalking him. Yeah, so then obviously, and then he like turns around like, something there? (laughs) Um, The other quick thing, you know, uh, that happens that day, I guess, is the whole I Like Boys thing. And, um, you know, we we already mentioned that song and how weird it is. And when I first saw this, I was like, why are they all dressed like that? But I guess later it's revealed that they're like on the swim team. Yeah, but it's sort of they're wearing these very high cut leotards that like I would probably not want to wear. I know things were high in the eighties, but I would Still. not want to wear that or, or anywhere. 
even if it was trendy, I'd be like, oh, this is a bit, it's a bit much. No <laughs> high school would make that regulation, like, unless there's somebody with, like, a very sick mind at that high school. Because that, yeah. like, the way that's high cut, like, you, uh, like, first of all, that does not look good on everyone. Like, no. you know, it's not, you know, which is not, wouldn't be fair. You know, when schools do uniforms, even for swimming, they're generally, like, pretty conservative, I guess is a good way to put it. Yeah, they're like a really conservative, probably like a one piece that's not that high cut. <laughs> and you'd probably wear like a t-shirt or a singlet over the top or something. I don't know, just because it's school and people are embarrassed about their bodies and all that stuff. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, like I I don't know what like the guy version of that is because I don't think we see it here. No, it's probably like really big short thing. <laughs> But yeah, like I can't imagine like a high schooler being comfortable wearing that, or many mm. people honestly. But that that's that's a little. I was like, what is yeah. going on? And so I read a little bit about this, and I'm not sure if it's the case. But I think definitely at some point they must have thought of this. This film could be like an R-rated film, or or like just a yeah. I think bit. at the beginning there was like a the original script or something. I think they were going to get a bit like racy because this bit sort of in the locker room and then the shower. But I think I read somewhere that they went, they were actually scenes of like some of the girls in the showers, but the glass busted over. There's way too many like potential shower scenes that didn't have to be there, but they're not like, there's not like, you know, vulgar shower scenes, but it looks yeah, like there's no, space for them. You know? glass and they're all wearing a lot of them are wearing kind of big jumpers over the top of their bathers. So it's a lot of people fully clothed in the shower, dancing in and out with the towel. It's kind of, it's definitely not, it definitely didn't, definitely didn't go racy. I think they were going to, but then kind of went, I don't think we need that. So they no, kind of just. There's definitely other moments in this film where we're like, yeah, this is, pro- this was probably something left over from the R rated version that they like. Yeah, a little bit. But the scene is kind of silly because it's a full-on song. But then <laughs> Kiki comes in and says, "I've got the new cheer." This isn't a cheer. This is a song. <laughs> no, like, I don't think you have this much time before a football game to be cheering, singing about "I love boys." Like I, I think they get you off the field because they have to get the game started. And then because it's a movie, magically they all know all the words the minute she puts the music on. Despite it being a new cheer. <laughs> yeah, she's like, hey, I've got the new cheer. And then the music starts and they all know the words. Wow, they're amazing. <laughs> That's why but... it's like, again, like this is a very amateurish screenplay because it clearly um, wanted to be a couple different things that it never accomplished. And we see yeah. like the raciness and we see the musical element here where like it could have been that. But it's not. <laughs> and I feel like this scene probably, if it was in a movie now, you'd hear like a little bit of it and then it probably like in the background would be a bit muted and then you'd have like a scene with Polly and Louise talking or something and then you might go back to a bit of song. But this you get like the whole number. Yeah. Just <laughs> Now they'd probably do a little bit and you'd hear like tiny bits and then you'd have to buy the soundtrack to hear the full track, but not in this, not in this one. So let's discuss how she... Becomes <clears throat> becomes a witch. She stumbles yeah. into Madame Serena. Why is that again? Because I think one night from school, I think she's coming back a bit later. I think because there was like drama, whatever, auditions or something. But then Brad is driving oh, along. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then well, I don't want to skip over the auditions, though. That's a good point. Just oh, we'll, oh. We'll, we'll go through it really quickly because there's a, there's one 
specific comment I have. So she's auditioning for the play, as we know, and um, what happens, like, they're, I forgot the names of, like, the parts they're going through, but, like, she's auditioning for um, the lead. I think she, the lead she's going for, it's called Undine. Undine, yeah. I think she's, like, a sorceress, and then there's, like, a knight and some other characters. Like Yeah, a, but Brad's wearing, like, these, like, football pads. And, uh, yeah, but they're meant to be younger, and then they have this really awkward scene where she's doing all the lines, but then she's, like, taking off his armor and wrapping his arms around her, and it's all a bit, like... <laughs> and Brad, like, isn't embarrassed because he doesn't remember she's the one that wrote, like, the racy poem about him, but... <laughs> I want to mention it because, like, she tries out, and she doesn't get the part, but they're announcing all the parts. I don't know if you remember this. And they're like, <laughs> Brad is the lead, and... And Kiki is on Oh, terrible. Yeah, and... and then they're like, Miss Miller will be assistant costume mistress. <laughs> um, I don't think you'd announce that with the cast. And also, did did Louise want to do that? Like, I don't. She was auditioning for Undine. I don't think she was also auditioning for assistant costume mistress. But they, they drafted her in. Like, that. I don't, did she even say? I don't know. But but yes, yeah, she becomes assistant costume mistress. But then because of that, they were all at school a bit late so then brad and randa are like dicking around in the car so then brad nearly runs louise off the road because she's just casually riding a bike along That's and then yeah they kind of like run her off the road the front tire gets smushed and then he keeps trying to offer a lift home and then because she's absolutely mortified she keeps saying no and then randa pipes up and goes like bradley she said she's fine <laughs> um no randa it's dark and you've just destroyed her means of transportation, which now that means she's walking home in the dark from school. Like, don't let her get in the car. But then they drive away, and then she kind of like wheels the bike along and then goes like, ugh, bugger. And then she finds a payphone that is disconnected, of course. So then she goes to Madame Serena's house. Which is like your typical spooky house. Yeah, and she's like the local palm reader. So yeah, then she sort of comes out and then she kind of offers a, a palm reading. But then Louise sort of goes, I've only got $6. And she goes like, oh, I guess that's fine. So then she starts doing like a palm reading and then, you know, is doing like cold reading and making up all the stuff about there's a guy that you like and he doesn't, he doesn't know you and like all of that, whatever. That could apply to any teenage girl. <laughs> <laughs> Then she sort of like stops and then goes like, oh, hang on. And then she goes like, you're not a Mark, you're one of us. And Louise is like, what? And then she starts talking about, you'll receive great powers on your 16th birthday. And then she's sort of like, uh, I, d- I just wanted a phone. Like, I have to, I have to, I have to go home now. Yeah, and, and, and eventually in the film we find out she's like related to uh, the Witches of Salem. And there's like a yearbook from the yeah, 1600s. Yeah, I think actually... The reincarnation of a witch from men, because I think because then Madame Serena later says something about I know what it's like to be a teenager. I've been one four times. Mm. Okay, so, so I think it's kind of- I'm very confused about her because she seems to have little to no power now, and she's like using Louise. Yeah. Well, I, I guess she's kind of been reincarnated so many times that maybe each time she comes back, her powers are weaker. Or she just kind of, each time she comes back, she just, like, wastes them all on stuff and then... Well, she's not a very good role model in this film. No, but it's, yeah, I think it's very much, she kind of has a little bit of magic. I think she has, like, enough to do a bit of dodgy palm reading and... (laughs) But I don't think she really has enough to kind of 
magic up anything. She does a lot of, you know, here, Louise, touch this, do some magic. And then yeah, Louise she sort of like, Louise. Yeah. and then she kind of goes like, oh, don't worry about it. And then she does that quite a lot. And it's sort of, it's like, they kind of set her up like she's the villain, but then she never is. Yeah. Because there's no, you know, there's no villain. Yeah. She'd probably be like funneling her powers into something. And in the end, she'd be trying to kill Louise, but that yeah, never happens. No. But. This movie has a lot of setup that just does not have payoff. And that's one of the yeah. things because she she's a terrible, terrible role model. Because in most of these yeah. films, and I'm not saying every film has to be the same, but in most films like this, when when like a young person is given power, it's always like, yeah, use your cool. power responsibly, you know? Don't yeah, use and it it's always for vain things. Like, and you can't use it for things like this, and you can't make people like you, and you know, be careful of all that. But Madame Serena's kind of like, sure, we can do this spell. We can make everyone love you. We can make people respect you. We can make people do whatever you want. You can have love slave. Exactly. Like, she literally says, hey, make a love slave. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's probably why she doesn't have any powers left because she obviously just does massive spells all over the place and then her powers are spent. So she has to just be siphoning off Louise's new powers, which probably I don't think they're that strong yet but yeah then she sort of goes like on your 16th birthday so then we kind of cut to her birthday party which is really sad and there's no one there but then richie's dressed up in a party hat <laughs> a richie a monster he's like when can i eat my cake <laughs> like i'm a cake now. and he's like leaning over the cake and then he starts like licking putting his finger in and like licking bits off but no one goes to her party because randa throws a party the same day but my favorite part of this like the stupidest part is that polly is also not at her party and calls yeah, her she, on the phone and then like, we cut to polly and she's at a payphone in the dark somewhere and she's like oh i was at the mall getting a present it's like a uh, good best friend you've known it's my <laughs> birthday for ages and you've only just bought me some mall present today and then she goes like, oh, Miranda was telling me that she's having a party tonight. And then she says something about, like, not birthday on Elm Street. <laughs> <laughs> but like, instead of calling her on the phone, why not just go to the party when the party started so then Louise isn't stood up by everyone and then just go, I think it might just be us tonight because I heard that Miranda's having a party. <laughs> <laughs> and then the mum brings out, some horrible jumper, and then goes, I bought you this. It was really expensive. It, it, was, like, it was like the ugliest jumper you've ever seen. I don't but get that. it because the mom is like pretty and she has like style and she has like the worst taste for her daughter. Like it doesn't even match yeah. her taste. She's not applying to her taste. To She obviously just goes in to the mall and goes, I've got a 16-year-old. What are the kids wearing? And they just <laughs> sell an awful jumper. And she's obviously like, great, I know nothing about teen fashion. She will love this. But really, yeah. So then I think she kind of, I think it's like that night we see her in bed and she's like tossing and turning a bit. And then I think she kind of, no, actually then we don't see Louise for a bit because I think in my notes, oh, there's the sex ed class. Yes. Okay. So the next scene I want to bring up um, as we cruise along in this film, we have to stop at this sex ed scene. And if only briefly. One, it is so de detached from this movie. Because really, it's never referenced again. And nothing happens in the scene that... Forwards the plot at all. So it's sort of, they just threw it in. And really, they probably should have edited it out. But actually, this movie is not really long. So maybe if they cut it... <laughs> it's definitely a vestige from that 
potential rated R script. Yeah, it's like a weird. So then there's like the I think they're in kind of like home ec class, but then obviously today is sex ed instead. And then the sewing teacher comes in, and she's obviously really embarrassed by the whole thing because having to tell everyone like I don't really think they're getting very good information from this class because she kind of walks in and then she's pulling out like an umbrella and then she's like holding it away like it's disgusting and then she's like Adam had one of these like oh god and then she she's drawn like some little sketches on the blackboard but then there's like an Edna egg and she's got like this smiling face and then there's like someone's sperm it's like swimming (laughs) oh and then I think the umbrella bit she goes like does everyone know what this is and then one of your favorite songs yeah Then Rhett, it's not really a song, but he kind of, <laughs> Rhett gets up. Sex education. <laughs> well, now, Adam had one of these. Does anyone know what, what this might represent? A Roger, a love one, joystick, dong, zipper lizard, tally whack, and trouser snake schlong. That, that's enough, Rhett. Thank you. No problem. Starts chanting. Names for penis, I guess, but um, I did write it down. You know um, it. You goes, know it. A Roger, a love one, joystick, dong, zipper lizard, tiny wacker, trouser snake, schlong. So then she's you're, like, oh, You're not okay. going to sing today. You said you were not going to sing, but you didn't. Well, I didn't. I was reciting a you thing that had. I, I wasn't rapping. You, I was just can't... doing it. The <laughs> rhythm kind of picked out as I was reading it because. In my head, I'm playing it over how it happens. So he because kind of, that's how good the rap song is. That. It is. So he does that, and then she's kind of like, uh, okay, whatever. And then she pulls out a condom out of her bag and then goes, now, kids, does everyone know what this is? It's a condom. Condom is what she says. And then Rhett again, because he loves chanting stuff about penises, obviously. <laughs> then he gets up and he starts chanting, condom. And then the entire class is chanting condom at the teacher. It's called a condom. 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 So and I feel like that's what they learn, really. That's that's about it. That's a condom. It's this just... is an umbrella. Here's a rhyme about penises. Here you go. I don't like I don't think they took anything away from that class. That no. was worthwhile. <laughs> but but it's just, it, again, it's supposed to be like a, it's definitely supposed to be a gross out um, scene yeah. in like an mm-hmm. R film that when this got like downgraded to just like a family yeah. movie. It doesn't really. <laughs> it's just it doesn't work. out of place. It was like it was just another opportunity to give Rhett some more lines. Which we do not need. Like, he didn't need any more lines really. But yeah, so then we kind of skip along. There's like a, she's chatting with the drama teacher. Or something, and then she finds like a necklace magically. It appears. Yeah, I costume. guess it finds her, right? That's what we find out. And it's yeah, like... and then she gives it to Louise. Then nothing really happens with the amulet for a bit, but then, and then there's like a f- dance, a harvest yeah. dance. Yeah, so that's like the next um, big scene we should talk about, which is yeah. first it's like Randa's like, hey, randomly randomly i guess that's why her name but to louise she's like hey can you take my cousin to the dance yeah he's coming from out of town and like he and it kind of the way she says it and then her and kiki laugh it sort of seems like they're setting up like a massive prank on her 
but then kind of that never pays off. But I guess it kind of does because he's terrible. So I guess maybe. I would say it does. I think they just knew he was yeah, terrible. I, guess <laughs> I hate him and he's terrible, but for some reason I have to entertain him when he's here. So I'll just set him up with the biggest dork in the school because he's terrible. So I'll just make sure. Yeah, and, and the, well, this guy is interesting, right? Like, because he shows up at his door, at her mm. door, and and he he just sucks. Let's be honest, he sucks. Yeah. But so much, I, I thought like, it was funny because he's in the fifties, like he's got like a plaid shirt and then like a vest over the top and a bow tie and glasses and like a massive his hair is just so big but i feel like that's more in style now than yeah i feel like now if he kind of turned up at the door looking like that you'd be like oh i guess he's kind of hipster maybe he's kind of cool but no in this it's like yeah like (laughs) dweeb city (laughs) i mean Uh, and also he's terrible and i feel like he's I kind of feel like he doesn't even go to high school anymore. No, that's the thing. He's not like, I want to be clear, he's not like a nerd. He's just like a kind of rapey fella. Yeah, and I feel like he's almost visiting the family from college or something. Because the way he acts and he's all like, you're going to embarrass me in front of all these people. Like, I think he's a bit older. So it's like, ugh, like Randa, you obviously know what he's like. And why are you doing this? More girl and crime everywhere, but. Do they let non-students go to this dance? Evidently. I wouldn't have thought so, but obviously he does. So then she's wearing that horrible jumper from her birthday, but then she gets to school and then disappears and then changes into her first kind of proper 80s outfit of the film. Like there's a big, there's a tutu, there's like big hair, she's wearing... A lot of tulle. 80s shoes and... So then she comes out and then he starts laughing, even though he looks... For that time, he looks ridiculous. And then he starts going like, oh my God, what are you wearing? And then like, you'll embarrass me in front of all the people. Well, you don't know any of them. That doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) And Uh yeah, then they start dancing and then she's kind of like, no pot, no pills, no hands. I think because he keeps offering her drugs, just weed, but. No, yeah, he just goes, you want to smoke some weed? In a weird word. And she's like, no, "No pills, no pot, no weed, no hands. No, no drinks. No, yeah, no hands. Like, yeah. And then she goes to sit down with Polly, who's wearing a very interesting outfit. It looks like she's wearing like a fur collar or like a stole. (laughs) And she's kind of like, oh, I wish I had a date though. Like, actually, no, you you don't wish you had a date, Polly, because he's terrible. Um, yeah, then there's some really dicky dancing going on. There's some guy in a big red jumper that has a very interesting... It's sort of not a mullet, but it's kind of... <laughs> yeah, that guy's hair is weird. The dancing's so weird. That DJ oh is super lame. Yeah, and then he goes like, hey, it's Romando, your favorite DJ. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's true, Romando, but... Yeah, but then... And then he says something about grab your wallets, because here comes a slow song. Okay. Which I don't is, know what that means. I don't understand that either. I was like, what the hell? I guess the big revealing things is this is like I think she first kind of uses her power unknowingly when she's yeah because like, I think she's wearing I think she thought it was so cool she's wearing the amulet and yes. then she sort of like is and then goes like I wish Brad would look at me and then magically Brad looks at her and then she goes I wish he'd come and talk to me and then there he, he just like ditches around her on the dance floor and he's he comes over oh and Polly's like oh my God, this is the best thing that's ever happened to anyone. <laughs> Even though it's not happening to me, I'm just loving it. Polly, God. Yeah. Yeah, and then he's like, I need to talk to you. Can we step outside? And Brad's kind of like a bit weird and formal. 
He's always a bit like, you know, may I speak to you, please, madam? Like, he's always a bit like, a bit odd. <laughs> he's then, so yeah, he's not kind of flushed like, out. And then he goes like, can I speak freely to you? And then she goes like, yeah, I have a little brother. I know about men. Oh, my God. What does that line mean? Randa comes out and then goes like, give David your keys. We're going to a party or something. And then he drives Louise home. But then he gets all like, you know gross and rapey then she kills him um well i'm not really sure i don't because then she goes i wish you'd just leave me alone and then he disappears and only his glasses are left and then obviously she's left in the middle of the road with no driver so then she's like screaming and like the car's going all over the place and then she kind of pulls over but yeah then he disappears he never comes back so i don't which i'm not disappointed about yeah i'm not sure if he just disappeared forever or if he will just like wake up back at Randa's house, or maybe he'll just wake up back at college. I don't like. I don't know if he's dead, but I don't. I don't know where <laughs> he went. I don't actually care where he went because he was terrible. But I wouldn't want Louise to be a murderer. She's only sixteen. No, we don't want that to happen either. But I feel like he kind of. They just never decided what happened, and they didn't bother. He was also us. getting like pretty rapey with her in that car. So yeah, so I can think it was. He definitely deserved to disappear. So, you know, he got what he deserved. I don't know if he's dead, though, but I, we'll never know. <laughs> we'll never know what happened to David. I think that's his name. David, yeah. All right. David. The next scene that blew my mind, I have to mm. say, was the, yes. um, when Richie ends up turning into a dog. Yes. I think the parents are out, which, like, I'm sorry, have you met your son? Why have you left him? <laughs> by himself in the house. What is he making? I assume it's a pizza, but I I feel like there's a big like dough, there's a big like pizza in the middle of the table, I think. But then there's like a whole lot of sauce. It kind of he's either putting on massive chunks of cheese or marshmallow. I can't there's just a white thing he's putting on it, but probably it is marshmallows because he's so disgusting. (laughs) But yeah, he's kind of making this thing. Louise has kind of come home. Well, she's come home a second time because then she worried that he was disappeared. So then she manically got on her bike and raced over to Madame Serena's while she was like talking all the time going, oh my God, oh my God. And then Serena's not there. So then she turns, gets back on the bike and then goes back home and she's still like yelling at herself. And then, yeah, she walks in and finds Richie making this horrible thing. And he's got like sauce all over his face and all over the walls. And it's like, it's a, it's a mess. But then he starts chanting some weird thing about Oh, she says, I think she says you're a pig or you're a dog. Or, oh, he says you're a dog. She says you're a pig. Yeah, like, and then he like goes, just oh, because you went uh, to some dance, right? <laughs> you are an unbelievable pig. I'm rubber. You're a glue. Whatever you call me sticks back on you. No, I'm rubber. You're glue. Whatever you call me sticks back on you. You think you're hot stuff because you went to a dance. Dreamer, nobody wants to date you because you're a dog. A dog. A dog. <gasps> hey, I feel funny. Can't stand up. You are standing up. I'm a dog. Louise, what'd you do to me? Nothing. You, you. Nothing I can't fix. It was just a mistake. I can fix it. Look at me. Oh my, look at all this hair on me. I even smell like a dog. Yeah, well, he goes, I'm rubber, you're glue, whatever you call me sticks back on you. But he says it in this really, like, threatening way. And then she goes, no, I'm rubber, you're glue. And then, like, goes, whatever you call me sticks back on you. And then oh, then he starts yelling, you think you're hot stuff because you went to a dance. Dream on. No one wants to date you because you're a dog. 
a dog, a dog. And then because she's kind of magic and has just said it will turn him into whatever he called her, he turns into a dog. So. It's a cute dog. And then like it's a, a cute dog. Like, voice going, oh my god, oh my god, Louise, I'm a dog. And then she panics, and then the parents are coming home, and then he's like, oh my god, mom hates dogs. And she's like, ha ha, they'll take you to the pound. And then for some reason, there's a bath drawn already, which I don't for one second believe Richie would be drawing his own bath. <laughs> so you'd have to like force, you'd have to just like catch him fully clothed and just like shove him in the bath because he doesn't look like he washes of his own accord. Yeah. The, it, it, and I was watching that scene and it's funny because, and that's fine. I'm glad because I don't want that dog hurt, but I guess they didn't get permission yeah. to throw the dog in the bath because you see, yeah. you see the dog like going in and then it's like a cut and then it's like almost like a man's legs in the bath. And then and it's, yeah, but then it's Richie and then he's going like, Oh my God, what have you done? But then he, Turns back into a boy, which, you know, he probably would have been better as a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have kept him as a dog. Yeah, but then we find out quickly from Madame Serena that magic, that water erases magic. So that's but it why does Richie... sometimes and it doesn't, you know? Yeah, it's, it kind of, they mostly stick to the rule, but it does kind of not, it doesn't always work. The magic in this film is not uh, that tight, you know? Yeah, and they kind of, came up with some weird words for the, the magic words are a bit clunky and because you have to it's not one of those like you know you just point and something happens it's one of those annoying like if i was magic i'd want to have the sabrina one where you can just like you don't have to recite a spell but she does that sometimes because she you know uh brad goes up to her she wasn't saying a spell i'm saying like there's no re- yeah. real rules so that was the amulet kind of she was like holding the amulet so the amulet was doing it but yeah they have some weird there's like sumonaro is used a lot as a spell word i don't so she gets a spell book and then she's practicing some spells at night at a carousel. No, I don't know where that is, but oh well, she's just outside practicing some spells. Um, I think she trials one out on the mean girls, but that I think that works quite well. But yeah, so she's just kind of trialing out magic all over the place. Then, oh, then she goes to Madame Serena, who then borrows some more magic from her. And then later, there's a frog that turns into a man. So that, that's the spell. But then he doesn't have a voice. He has a frog voice. So that's like a funny bit. But then, yeah, she sort of goes, <clears throat> we can make Brad love you by using this, like, love spell on Brad. Which is weird, because usually in things about magic, everyone always goes, but you can't do a love spell. Yeah. Because it's kind of like love is kind of its own separate magic force and even magic people can't control that because it's just, it's too powerful. But no, this, she's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Love spell. It's probably more, I guess in this, it's still not like true love. It's still more just like infatuation, I guess, which kind of fits with the rules because you can kind of, make someone think they love you with magic but they won't they don't know if they actually do or not but so yeah then she does this spell apparently he has to sit on the bed so then she hides every single chair i think in the whole house because there's a lot of chairs in there yeah there's a lot of chairs in there where are the chairs everyone keeps coming into her room i think brad first goes where are all the chairs 
All the chairs. How many chairs have you got in your room, Brad? I don't. No chairs. I don't have a chair in my room. I don't. Do you have a chair in your room? No. No one has room chairs. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like no one has that many chairs in their room, so I must assume that it's all the chairs from her house. Because why would yeah, everyone be asking? And then the dad sort of like, where are all the chairs? And then Richie comes in and goes, where are all the chairs? And then she makes some dog comment so that he runs in terror because obviously she could turn him into a dog again. And he's <laughs> But yeah, then he's talking about the chairs. And then I think she starts doing the spell and then decides not to. Richie then later tells Madame Serena that she just wants him to love her for her, not because she's forced him into it. Oh, but then he's also said that he likes going out with Randa because every guy wants to date the most popular girl. Ugh, so terrible. He's such a terrible human being. So she gets an idea that that's how he will love her for her, which that's not loving her for her either. He obviously just will love anyone popular. So it's making yourself popular is kind of the same. It's just making him have a crush on you. I don't, like, I feel like it's the same thing. She thinks it's different, but it really amounts to the same thing. He's not actually liking you for you. It's just because you're popular. So we, ha- yeah. we have that quick scene with the teacher. Um, well, the whole, mm-hmm. I don't want to call it a quick scene. It's that whole angle. Um, first, I, I do not like that he goes through her bag and especially points uh, out her yeah. birth control. Like, you should get fired for that. Because, yeah, I mean, he, it was his fault that her bag fell over because he came over and then knocked it over. And then was, yeah going through her bag, and then she was like, don't, I'm warning you. And he's like, maha, and then he's like making fun of her because she's threatening him. But, yeah, but then, and, and then he, she's like, I'm going to get him back, and she creates a voodoo doll that ends up, he ends up essentially undressing in class because of the voodoo doll. But then she leaves, yeah. you know, what well, she leaves the voodoo doll at home, and then Richie takes his turn with the voodoo doll, cause, and he's a sadistic guy. And <laughs> Yeah, and Richie's eating food again, because whatever, and he's just playing with it, and then he kicks it down the stairs, it's falling over. Then then it gets put in the wash by the mum. Yeah. So then he has car wash. <laughs> just whatever, but yeah, he's ugh, he's terrible. Yes, but, he well. very much is. So, whatever, we have that teacher scene. What else? Mm-hmm. What else is a, a scene we have to get to? Oh! How could I um, forget? The most important scene... The scene we've all been waiting for. Hundred percent. Top that. Ugh. There's not really much to talk about with top that. The fact that it's just that it happens is amazing. Yeah, and I think also it wasn't in the original cut of the film. I think they sort of, I think they'd cut part of it together to try and get a bit more money to like finish the movie and get it released, and then I think someone went it could do with more songs and they went like uh okay and then someone went how about rapping <clears throat> so then they kind of found someone who could rap well maybe who could rap it's not a very good rap <laughs> <laughs> it's not like they went for an amazing talented rapper it was kind of i don't know but yeah they so this scene was kind of filmed afterwards which we can kind of tell cuz Louise has longer hair I think. Oh, that's true. And oh my god, though the dubbing is so bad when they're like rapping it's to each other. Because yeah, they found 
other rappers to record this rap already. So the Polly and Rat are not actually rapping. Oh, okay. So I think they're. Oh, I think it's in the credits, but they're like the someone, someone, like the Terry someone rappers. <laughs> wow, I didn't realize I that. Three guy rappers, and then they got a woman in to do Polly's part. So yeah, I think it was more just that's why the dubbing is so bad because they weren't doing the rapping themselves. They were just lip syncing along to it. <clears throat> it's really bad. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think it looks like it's kind of the weekend and maybe Polly and Louise, I think they've been oh, doing tennis practice or something. Cause I think they both got tennis rackets and then Polly's kind of telling her about her crush on Rhett, which obviously Louise laughs because Ugh. Why would you like? Oh my I, god! I, honestly, He's Louise, I had the same reaction. Yeah, and she's like, I, I guess, like he's not, he's not my type. And then Polly's like, Ah, oh, but he's so funny. Um, no, Polly, he's not. No, <laughs> he thinks he's funny, but he's actually just really embarrassing. But I don't know, maybe <laughs> rhymes about penis is funny. Then sure, he's a laugh. But yeah, they kind of ride up on their bikes, and then you just see. Up the street, a little way along, there's Rhett and his two friends, and they're just rapping. They're just, you know, hanging around for the weekend. They're just out rapping in the street. And so he starts rapping about, I'm king, and they know it. And then he's singing about top that. And then Polly goes, oh, my God, we have to ride a different way. And then Louise, who's kind of like, hmm, so I've got my magic amulet on, and I'm magic. She kind of was like, no, no, we'll just like ride past. And then she kind of, oh, then Polly says something like, I'm so embarrassed. Look how funky he is. I will never be hip. Brad just waved at you. No, I wish you saw more of me than just brains, though, you know? Give him time. Men are like another species. They're really hard to get through to. Like, take Rhett, for example. <laughs> Rhett? I wish that you would take a look and really stop that, stop that, well stop that, 
we give up about trying to talk that, talk that, stop that. I wish you finally take a real look and really stop that. <laughs> yeah. yeah Polly. Like, you need to go and learn what being hip is because I feel like you have more of a chance of being hip than he does <laughs> yeah not that much happens in top that but everything yeah, happens really. in terms yeah, of like... like there's not a lot but it's the little bit that does happen is amazing so then he <laughs> <laughs> sort of does a bit of you know silent amulet magic and then all of a sudden Polly gets off her bike throws off her hat because obviously she's wearing a hat because Polly loves hats so she throws off her hat she just and really I think her rapping is probably better she just like leaps in and like kills it and she just starts rapping at him about she doesn't care about topping that and she doesn't give up about trying to top that because obviously there's no swearing allowed in this rap so they just didn't say what she didn't give they didn't mention that but uh (laughs) We can add that in ourselves if you want. (laughs) But yeah, and then she kind of, I feel like she wins the rap, I guess, because he looks pretty impressed. And then she kind of just does like a movie about him and then like walks away and then like turns back around and goes like, top that. And then like does like hand thing. And then she like gets back on her bike and the wheeze is like, woo. And then they like ride away. So it's like, obviously from then on, I think Rhett was like, wow, I'm impressed. That was pretty cool. <laughs> and maybe like Polly had it in her all along, but she just but this, needed this season boost. scene is important but. because it makes more sense later when kind of Rhett yeah. is like into Polly. Because it would have been really yeah. random if this scene didn't happen, you know? Yeah, so it kind of Yeah. And I mean, the movie would just be worse for it if this wasn't in it, I feel it would just wouldn't be as good. So I'm glad that they went back and filmed Top That because it's one of the most iconic moments of this film. If we can throw iconic around, I know it's a big term, but <laughs> I throw iconic around a lot. So <laughs> I think I think for this it is iconic. Top I That think. is the iconic mm. moment of this film for sure. Yeah. So then I think we we can skip along a bit, but then. Oh, I think because Louise, she's back on the I want to be popular thing again. And I think in her head, because I keep having Shauna stuff a lot, like she keeps listening to her music. She's like the coolest pop star of ever. So I think Louise has decided Shauna is the most popular girl. So through magic, I guess she wants to be more like her to get Brad to fall in love with her. So um, Madam Serena kind of, it's like, well, it's quite a big spell because we've got to kind of magic everyone. Because, yeah, it is a, it is kind of a <laughs> lot because really controlling like everyone's minds to think that she's the most popular girl. And this is so in- foolish because, like, if you have magic, why can't you just <laughs> give yourself something that would make you popular rather than... Yeah, or just, like, magic yourself cool clothes. Yeah. Get a better head. That just, like, make... Just like be you, but just magically amplify parts of yourself that maybe aren't as cool. Yeah, you could do that. You could just like be, I'm just going to 
make myself a bit more confident. I'll just look a bit cooler and maybe people see me for the real me. But no, she's decided she's going to go with a massive spell that affects everyone. Though I feel like it doesn't work on people that already liked her. So that one person, parents, yeah, her parents and... The parents are totally different and Polly is not affected by it at all. No. Actually, she kind of gets really annoyed. So obviously it's not working because everyone else is just blindly do you th- madly in love with Louise. <clears throat> do you, well, which is like, again, so problematic because like, <laughs> it's like she's happy that she's getting like sexually harassed. Not sexually harassed, but like... Yeah, and- but yeah, there is a song about that. But yeah, she has to do a weird spell. She has to chant. Oh, and then Madame Serena sort of goes, all right. I have a bit of magic left, but I was saving it for something special for myself. But because, you know, it's my idea that you should use magic to get people to like you, I'm going to help you with this because I approve of magic like this. (laughs) So she kind of like gives her the rest of the magic juice. And then I think she has to listen to Shana on the radio, have a piece of her clothing and then spin around 13 times at 45 RPM counterclockwise. Very specific, <laughs> but uh, I don't know how you get up to that speed just in your house. But yeah, so then they quickly go to a Shana concert. She magics her way in. They get on the list. She magics Shana to give her her jacket. I'm like, I don't know. Polly's like along for the ride going, wow, this is amazing. But Yeah, the Shana thing was funny because that's not a real musician, obviously, but we're no, so, sort so. of made to believe it. I believe in the screenwriting process here. They maybe wrote like a real musician in, and they just like for budget reasons couldn't get that person. I think I read something because I found an article about it and I reread it before. I think they wanted to get Debbie Gibson. Oh, that would who, make a lot of sense. But I think she, I think she said no. Well, she obviously said no because <laughs> she's not there. But <laughs> they didn't have any money, so she you know, <clears throat> didn't want to be in the film, I guess. So they sort of just invented a pop star just for this. But I don't <laughs> even know if she's the one singing. I think she might just be the actress that, like, the pop. I don't even know if she was singing the song. Who knows? But, yeah, she's there, and then she just pauses the concert halfway through, obviously, cause, and then there's just saxophone in the background. And then she just runs over and goes, oh, my God, hi, Louise. It's so great to see you. Here's my jacket that means so much to me because it's my lucky jacket that I wear all the time. But here, have this. <laughs> Look, later on, Louise never wears the jacket. She just uses it for the spell. So it seems a bit like you could have just gotten her to give you like a T-shirt that wasn't a favorite thing of all time. But <clears throat> oh yeah, well. no, um, it's, it's actually funny because then she, you know, when we get the most popular girl song, which as I think we've mentioned, that song gets in, in your head, like, for years. Um, yes, it does. Because she's just like, you know, so really it's just a montage of every day. Louise is just rolling in school, and everyone loves her, and there's banners, and she gets a ride to school with Brad and Shana, no, Brad and Randa, every day. And then Polly just is, like, left in the dust, I guess. And that, I mean, let's face it, and we'll talk about it a little bit, but that's, like, kind of never resolved the Polly thing she kind of gives yeah. up, gives up on Polly and well Polly has that little conversation like in the sewing class where yes. she, she's like you're trend setting oh the whole Rob Lowe line or what was it yeah there's like a dicky 
Uh, I think because she's just like, because obviously the spell doesn't work on her because Polly is not impressed. She is not in the Louise club. Because I think she's kind of just like, we were friends and now you're cool, but you could have taken me with you. Like, because now you're cool, obviously people will just do whatever you say. So just, you know, include me. But yeah, so then she goes something about, aren't we trendsetting this morning? And yeah, and some, oh, well, the price of fame and fortune is to be envied, then copied, and finally discarded. Which she attributes it to Rob Lowe, apparently. She went, I read it someplace. It was probably Rob Lowe. <laughs> Look, I don't know. I mean, Rob Lowe is probably listening to this. You know, he probably, so Rob Lowe, if you're out there, did you ever say this? Just, we'd like to know. <laughs> and it's funny because, like, we process that in, like, a modern Rob Lowe. Yeah. But what was 1989 Rob Lowe? Um, I know he'd done it. Obviously, he, he, you know, he was a star, but it's, it's like, it has a, a way different meaning back then. Yeah, I'm, I can't, I don't really feel like he ever said it, but I feel like in 89, I feel like that was kind of, I don't know, because I kind of feel like in 89, he wasn't as popular, because I think it was after the sex tape thing. <laughs> um, and then I think probably people wouldn't hire him and stuff until like the West Wing. So I think maybe in 89, he could have said something like that. <laughs> Because he'd been discarded. I don't know. But I think they just made it up, obviously. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm trying to see where they were like trying to go with, with that joke. Yeah, but I suppose Polly's trying to just go, be careful. Like, you think you're super cool, but they'll get sick of you eventually. But, yeah, I think she's just completely over it. But Which is fair enough, because she's just chucked her aside to be cool but yeah so then there's a song the song about being the girl and then then there's some more rapping in that yeah oh i forgot that oh my god but yeah she's walking along kind of by herself in like a dodgy looking area of town i don't know but they make it look fine because the music is boppy and but yeah then there's rhett and all his mates in a car or are they in two cars? I don't there's know. A co- there's a like couple a cars there because they're like a bunch of men competing for her to get in the car. Yeah, so then they're all like rapping, along, rapping at her, but it's a bit like, uh, no, you're actually catcalling me. <laughs> <laughs> That's not part of being popular. I don't want this. I just want people to like me. I don't want all the guys in the school rapping at me and trying to go out with me. And I, I don't want that. But. <clears throat> So that happened. Then at the end of the song, she kind of is in the car park and then Brad's at the other side of the car park and then he kind of looks over and then they drive off together. But oh. I don't feel like he's ever broken up with Randa. Or maybe Randa doesn't really care because she's under the spell as well. Yeah, so she's, she's like, kind of oh, like, oh, I prefer that you date he, her. He's the most popular. Like, that's, we love Louise. Anything Louise does is great. So obviously you should date her instead of me. But yeah, then he kind of she kind of looks at him a bit like, I thought we were driving to my house. And then they're kind of driving somewhere else. And then they pull up to kind of what I call the murder shack. Well, if I you guess. think about it, this is the most <laughs> horror aspect of this film. And then she's kind of walking up this hill and she's kind of looking around like, uh, what? Why am I here? Why am I climbing this hill? And then he keeps looking back at her like she's taking too long. 
And then by the time she gets to the top, he's, I think he's in there, but he's disappeared, which is a bit like, yeah. And she looks like, she looks like nervous too. Yeah. And then she's sort of looking around and then he comes out and goes like, isn't this great? It's like, no, no, Brad, it's not great. It's terrible. And it looks like you bring people here to kill them because what else would you be doing in here? Cause it's, it's quite dodgy. And then she kind of turns around to say something to him and he's disappeared again. I feel like at this point I'd go, um, I'm just going to wait by the car because all of a sudden Brad has become a bit creepy, which before that he wasn't. No, but he's also like under a spell, you know? Yeah, but then he's like skipping around. Then all of a sudden she's walking up the steps and then his shirt is there and then she... And then all of a sudden like above her in the stairwell, he like leaps in wearing like a singlet and his jeans and then it's like ah doing this weird grin and then like jumps away and then she starts taking off her jacket and her shoes like no louise put your clothes back on and get back to the car (laughs) he's going to kill you but he he doesn't but then she walks into a room and he's like you know standing like you know leaning against a wall being all like hey i'm in my like singlet with the really big armpits that it's almost not a top. Like, it's almost not joined on the sides. Think about it. If this was um, at night mm. and, like, you had a little different score in the background, this would be a very, mm. very scary, like, sequence of events here. Yeah. But it's like there's more saxophone. But this time, instead of, like, the sexy one, they're making it kind of, like, romantic sex. So it's like, mm, actually, this doesn't work because he's being weird. But... And then, like, he sort of, like, you know, saunters over, like, hey. And then just kind of randomly they just start, like, making out on this, like, grubby-looking couch. Just a bit like, ooh. I don't don't think so. But, yes. So then, like, a poem, a poem's coming true. Then we, like, cut to Madame Serena's, and then she's like, and then we're dancing. So we're kind of, I don't think they were meaning it. To be like they had sex, but no, no. But I, I think, think it was just, probably when they wrote that original script. It probably was, but they probably would have wasn't... thrown in like clouds or something because they often did that in eighties films. Because <laughs> <laughs> they like it in the Lost Boys. There's like a sex scene, and then before anything like too sexy happens, all of a sudden we cut to like flying through the clouds. So it's kind of. <laughs> They often do that in films, I guess. (laughs) Well, it's funny, too, because... um, Not funny. I should say I'm happy that it didn't turn that that way. Yeah. Because it would not have really made sense with the film to this point if that was a sex scene. I mean, unless you could be like, oh, well, she got intrigued by that sex ed class. Where Rhett was rapping. He wasn't even in the class, I don't think. So it's like I don't. Oh yeah. I don't. I don't, I don't even think Louise was there. So I don't know. <laughs> was she there? I can't even. Why was that scene in there? I don't know if Brad was in that class either. Maybe it was to educate us, the viewer, on sex, so that in case this yeah. scene happened. I'm not really sure because then I kind of feel like Brad probably could have skipped that class. I feel like he kind of. Uh, 
doesn't he, I think he knows about all of that already. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. I mean, <laughs> but I think like, obviously Brad wasn't there because he knows already, and obviously Rhett was just there for fun from chanting. But <laughs> but yeah, I don't think it would have quite fit with the film because it's not. They definitely weren't making like a sort of high school sex comedy. It was, <laughs> so yeah, I think that's why she's just telling Serena that they were kissing. But then I think then she starts to go like, but I don't know if he likes me for me. Oh, and really? Madam- oh, you think that now? I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah, that spell, remember that spell you put on him? But yeah, he probably likes you for you. Whatever. But then Madam Serena gets a bit like aggro at her and is kind of like, oh, God, where you're just like, you know, enjoy it and blah. But really, you know, she should probably listen because she's trying to voice some concerns about maybe... The spell's not quite what she wanted. But no, Madame Serena's like, I have no time for this shit. Do your magic. <laughs> it's off. Like, I've, you know, just go and have everyone love you and just accept that maybe they don't really love you because whatever. But <laughs> I guess. But yeah, then, oh, then she gets the lead in the school play. because, yes, because she, she tells play, Kiki break, to break Kiki's a leg. leg. Because, yeah, she goes, first of all, she says, like, quietly, and then goes, like, break a leg, and then nothing happens. And then she goes, like, break a leg! And then Kiki obviously breaks her leg. And then Polly, like, whips in and goes, like, geez, Louise, what did you do? Tripper? Nice use of geez, Louise there, Polly. <laughs> yeah, then she's the lead in the school play, but then nothing happens with that. We never see the play. Whatever, that's just the drama part of this film is so- done. So when I, um, you know, I used to write a lot of screenplays, like, you know, my writing classes and, and, and just for fun. And this, this would happen to me a lot. And it's definitely something that happens to the film. You have a lot of ideas and you write your script and then you get to a point where you're like, you're like, holy shit, I'm at this amount of pages and this is way too long. I got to bring this home. So you threw all these balls in the air. Yeah, and then they go like, oh, we don't need that. We can just chuck all of this stuff because we have to get to the end. Like, I've yeah. gone too long. <laughs> and it's just, a, it's such an amateurish thing. And it, you, you see it so, like, visually here. Like, all right, you know, mu- much unlike our conversation about Teen Witch, Teen Witch just decides to kind mm. of explode onto itself with the prom you know like and not really yeah. explode because it's not there you know you mentioned like a good potential scene before or like something that you you see like madame serena kind of going crazy and turning into the evil character right like yeah and it's kind of like she never really funnels her magic off again and then kind of at the end she kind of helps her so it was kind of like i don't, I don't know i feel like if it was a different film or, yeah, or Serena. A, a good been, film. <laughs> yeah, but Serena probably would have become a villain, and then they would have had to have like a witch fight or something. Yeah, <clears> like like a, a fight between the magic thing, or like the magic out of her. So it was a bit. But yeah, it was more just like, uh, I was doing that for a bit, but like I guess <laughs> I guess I should be a good person and help you, but like. Uh. And the the other scene that's necessary, and we've alluded to it, is the whole. <laughs> Most like well-written movies would have a reconciliation scene with Polly somehow, yes. you know, because but yeah, they're never yeah, they're, but they're sort of 
then after the Rublo thing, then Polly kind of is just like completely done. <clears throat> and then Louise is now a cheerleader and then she tries like, you know, whatever, like you have no time for me. You've just left me here in the duck pond. And then Polly's just like, eh, I don't want to hang out with you anymore. So it's kind of left at that. And then a bit later on, you see Polly with some other friends we've never seen before, but she's kind of like the leader of some new crew of like dorky girls. And yeah, they never, you'd feel like even just a tiny bit at the end at the prom, they'd like walk up to each other and smile and then you'd go like, it'll be fine. But yeah, it's kind of like, oh, did yeah, they? There's not even that moment. I mean, so we got. they ever make up or no, I don't. Um, no. And like the third thing again is that she doesn't like learn from her mistakes like mm. at all. Because like a little bit, but are we really convinced that Brad really likes her for her in the end? Yeah, I don't think so. Then <laughs> she starts to get a bit tired of being popular. Oh, but there's like a last effect of the popular spell. Um, Richie now all of a sudden is oh, even God. more. Creepy. I didn't. I can't believe I forgot this. All of a sudden, she's in her room. He appears. This time he looks washed. There's no cake. There's no cake on his face. Um, he walks in kind of in like a bellboy uniform <laughs> from a hotel. I don't even know where he got a boy-sized one of that. I don't, but yeah, then he kind of horrifyingly, before you see him, you hear, Louise, Louise. Oh. And then you like, and he's coming at you with a tray. And then he goes like, you know, your morning paper, because he's doing his elections again. And then he kind of, you know, goes, I took the liberty of earning your homework. And then he like whips out a homework and a breakfast and whatever that means. Then he kind of just like, we never see Richie again after that, but came back for a last time to just be even creepier than before, which I don't know if that, I don't know how that's possible, but he managed to do it. <laughs> And then I think downstairs, Richie's like followed it into cleaning up the entire house. So then the mom's kind of like, do you think he's on drugs? And then like Darren 2.0 kind of looks up like, I don't know, I don't really notice our son because <laughs> whatever, because he's so creepy. <laughs> but yeah, then kind of she's sick of being popular. She tries to escape her house because everyone's out the front waving banners going, we love you. And then there's cards and... Like, I think it's been a couple of days and Louise is already like, oh, I'm too popular. I don't like this. <clears throat> and then she kind of walks out into like an alleyway out the back and then Brad pulls up and they go boating. And then I think he's kind of talking about like, oh, I'm just like, I just, I'm struggling. I've been so cool for so long. I don't know what I'll do when I have to start oh, again. Poor guy. And then she's like, oh, you have a lot of fine qualities, Brad. And he's like, oh, great. But then he doesn't turn around and go, you too, Louise. Because actually he's just likes her because of magic. He doesn't know anything about her. I don't think he really is all that interested. <clears throat> so it's kind of like, and then he goes, we should go to the dance together. It's only natural because you're cool and I'm cool. And then she's sort of like, it's not true. Like It's, it's unnatural. And then he gets annoyed that she won't go with him. But then she's like, I won't go with you to the dance. And then he gets annoyed and then yeah she goes to madame serena's who's 
her last bit of funneling Louise's magic, obviously, I feel like she's kind of tapped into the spell somehow. And because everyone loves Louise, she's gotten people to come and do a makeover on her house. Yeah. Because all the, the inside of her house is completely different and this furniture. And she has a different outfit. I think she has luggage somewhere. So I think she's planning a trip. She's going away somewhere. Yeah. What's and in then it for her? She's so Louise bad. wants to cancel the spell. And then she's like, couldn't you just leave it for like a few years? Like, you know, I'm really enjoying our new lifestyle with all your magic. But <clears throat> I don't know. But then she kind of goes, like, I just want people to like me for me. And then she finally goes, like, well, no one's ever respected me. And I've just, I guess I've just gotten used to just magicking people to like me. But yeah, maybe I would too like, would people to like me for me? So then she kind of goes, <clears throat> we'll undo the spell. I think. I'm not really sure if they, how they undo it. Because then they just get to the dance. And Madame Serena's there as well, which is a bit odd. They just let anyone into these school dances, obviously. <laughs> I really, yeah, I really, I really kind of stopped caring at this point about the plot. <laughs> yeah, I think I feel like they did as well. I think they were just going. We just we got to wrap it up. So they they did. Then they're at the dance. Polly is kind of there with her new nerd friends, and then like Rhett comes in, and kind of his outfit looks like a watermelon because there's like spots and watermelon colors and, and then he kind of walks in and it's like hey like ref and dudes we're gonna go and pick some girls to dance with and then he goes over and then we see him and polly and they're dancing so obviously he was so impressed by the by top that that you know he wants to date polly i guess so then maybe later her and louise will be friends because Polly's dating like the cool rapping guy, so maybe they'll be friends. I don't know. Maybe yeah. they'll all be cool and they'll be friends again. I don't. But whatever. Uh, yeah, but like, you don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> like, Rhett isn't really in the crowd with Brad. Yeah. So I don't know. But then Brad is there with Randa, and then he's talking about yeah, getting into Stanford. How? <laughs> but <clears throat> obviously. He did. He got in. I don't know. But yeah, then yeah, her and Serena are there. Then the song starts playing. The final song. Finest hour. And yeah, it's like, you know. That's when they lift her, right? Now because I've got the power in my finest hour. And like, it's all a lot of rhyming. Yeah, and then some people lift her up. And, like, and everyone's yeah. like, oh, Louise is here because she's the best. And she's wearing like a full-on blue peplum tutu dress kind of thing like it's fully 80s her hair is really big she's just the 80s is going out with a bang in teen witch <laughs> absolutely do do you do you like louise um i don't know i feel like they even though she's the main character and you're following her story i feel like you kind of don't really know her very well no i agree i mean she's like Kind of, she's kind of all right, but I don't know. So in some Maybe ways, it's... she's not very relatable because she doesn't have a lot of human traits. But on the other hand, I think she's real, kind of somewhat of a realistic teenager because she's yeah. not very mature and she wants a lot of materialistic mm. things like popularity. Yeah, but... and I can see how if at 16 you became magical that you probably... 
you wouldn't be going, how can I do a spell to like help the homeless or <laughs> make other people in my life happy? You would kind of do things like, ah, oh, I've always wanted to be cool. I've always wanted to have nice clothes. So I'll just, so maybe later over time, hopefully she'll kind of go, look, I don't want to do the Serena, Madam Serena model of magic because she kind of just wastes it on selfish things. <clears throat> so maybe over time, Louise will kind of go, all right, I've kind of done all that in the beginning. It's not, didn't work for me. So I'll just do different kinds of magic or I'll use it in a different way or not at all. Or because the ending makes it a bit, you're not sure if like she's given up her powers altogether. Cause then she kind of takes the amulet off and then like throws it across to Serena. And then it kind of makes it like the spell is over, which is odd. Cause she, was magic already. She just the amulet was kind of she could use that as a way to do magic. But Yeah. I don't know. That make it seem like she's giving it up altogether and she's not magic. But it's like I don't just throwing the amulet away doesn't do that because she's magic it within herself. I don't <clears throat> I don't know, but Yeah, the magic again in this movie is it's just it's very mm. It's very confusing. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. I think of a movie, not necessarily magic, but a little supernatural. We're talking about Tom Hanks, but I, I mean, have you seen Big? Yes, it's that kind of weird. Like, yeah, we're not it's sure bad, how it happens but... or why, which is fine. Mm. Like, we don't need like a full explanation of things, right? But in Big, mm. like most of these movies that are somewhat family movies, um, mm the the child gets a power that they didn't have before and they mm. use it for their desires and everything seems great until like they recognize the responsibility of it and inevitably yes they do either want to go back or, or something happens yeah. right but like yeah she's just like oh, i'm too popular you know terrible well yeah, i don't know <clears throat> i'm sure you could just reverse the spell but they kind of make it like She's giving it all up, and hopefully Brad will still like her, which apparently he does. I don't know why, because then all of a sudden he just <clears throat> ditches Randa again, but now there's no magic, so Randa's probably like, uh, excuse me, what are you doing? I was all right with it before because she was cool for a bit, but... And then he kind of walks over to her, and then they're dancing, and I think Madame Serena's like, oh, yes, it's like it's happening for her, but like, I hope she's still magic. I hope she hasn't like yeah, I, I hope so too. But also, she, no she really learned I would from it. I would keep. So maybe it's sort of just she's thrown the amulet away because that's like a quick and easy magic thing, and maybe she'll study it a bit more. Well, you, and, you know, use the magic for good. You not... also mentioned uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch before, mm. and mm. while look, that's not, it's not a great movie or tv show um mm -hmm. in terms of like its depth in character and things like that mm -hmm. but i mean almost every episode of that show is about <coughs> her using her powers and then something going wrong and misusing it oh. and, and learning kind of responsibility with things yeah and like art would always come in and be like you know see we told you you shouldn't do that but yeah. you wouldn't listen. and then she kind of and then later on in the series, I think she has to, she can still keep her powers, but then to like keep them long term, you have to then get a magic license. 
which, so then which makes sense you know regulate the industry so yeah so maybe louise will <laughs> i don't know just call it on the magic for a bit just you know date brad for five seconds because he's off to stanford so obviously he's going to forget about it when he goes because yeah and he sucks too <laughs> He'll be like, oh, yeah, that like little high school girl I was dating. But <clears throat> actually, there's like cool college chicks now. So, <clears throat> so uh, yeah, but there's no like finality. Uh, there's like a it, it's it's weird. Yeah. And I know we're over analyzing this film, but it's frustrating because I don't know what they were. I don't know what they were trying to do here. It just feels so incomplete. And I've I've watched it twice. You said you've watched it four times. But mm. every time I finish it, I'm like, what did I just watch? Yeah, because it just, like, is just finished. Really, it's like her and Brad dance. Then we zoom out. There's some other people dancing. And then the movie's over. And it's like, oh, um, I think it was more just over because they had to finish it. But it wasn't actually finished properly. It just fades to nothing and the movie is finished. Yeah. Um, it does, and it's not even like, oh, we tied all the loose ends. It's like, I guess everyone's temporarily happy, but we've had a lot of moments in this film. But this is a film about moments. You know, it's not a film yeah. about making No, on the whole, sense. it's like, it <laughs> has a weird flow. But yeah, it's really just key scenes tied together with a bit of plot, but yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, that's, that's Teen Witch. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Uh, like, again, I don't know, like, this movie's analyzing it makes me hate it more than I thought <laughs> it would. Because, like, and I don't want to turn anyone off from this film because you need to watch it and you mm. need to not care that much. You know, you need to just have yeah. a good time watching it. If you, if you, and it's the kind of thing if you've like watched this forever since you were a kid and it's your favorite, like nothing will ever shake that because obviously no. you've seen it many times. You just love it despite the silly things about it. And I feel like if you'd never seen it before, and then just even if you had maybe some reservations, you'd probably still sit down and just be caught up in the silly moments and probably still enjoy it like I don't think I think it would be hard to kind of just watch this and then go it was absolutely rubbish and I hated it because there's some entertaining bits oh absolutely and I'll watch this movie I'll I'll watch this movie anytime really like it's yeah and even if you're just watching it because you want a bit of a laugh and you want to just take the mick out of it that's still fun because it's fun to make fun of silly things (laughs) absolutely and that's the main like that's that's, I think, why this movie is a cult classic. So you can, like, sit with your friends and be like, why is Richie like that? <laughs> yeah. Why what, is he such a monster? Or what are these white rappers about? Like, it's... Yeah. It, it's a great movie to show someone who's never seen it, and they're inevitably going to be like, this is so stupid. But they're not going to be <laughs> yeah. able to take their eyes off of it. That's how I feel. Yeah, like they'll go in going like, ugh, this is stupid. And then they'll probably keep trying to pretend that it's stupid but really they'll go uh actually i think i'm sort of having fun despite myself <laughs> well, i'm glad this a movie like this can get like a second life and can be mm. um appreciated by like a, a different generation and almost live on forever yeah. 
despite it being incredibly flawed. Yeah, but I think people just, because it's kind of, I guess it's mostly inoffensive. There's nothing that you go like, oh my God, that's dreadful. So you can kind of overlook the bad filmmaking and just <laughs> the funny parts of it. Because, I mean, every now and again, I'll look on Robin Lively's Instagram and she often posts like throwback things recently, which I think I sent to you on Instagram. She's She posted like a, a photo from behind the scenes of when they were filming. So it's like her and Brad and Polly and all the cool people. And then she posted one of like later when they were all having a reunion as adults. There's like still heaps of comments on there. Like people are just living for her to tweet some Teen Witch content because people still love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, and it's great. And, and I'm like, oh, it. It's not just people going, I loved this in 89. It's people going, I love this movie and I watch it all the time. And <laughs> it's, it's just fun, I guess. But yeah, that's the best way to put it. It's, it's fun. Silly 80s fun. But yeah. And yeah, there's nothing you kind of look and go, I feel uncomfortable about this. Because like I... I love Sixteen Candles, but it's one of those films that you watching it back now, which I think it's that difficult thing because I mean you don't you kind of judge movies now on how people think about things now. Yeah. But sometimes that's then sometimes you you have to kind of switch that off because otherwise there'd be a whole lot of movies you could never watch ever again because you'd just be going like I I can't deal with this because of everything that's happening now and what we think is inappropriate. So I think films like that, I still watch 16 Candles, but if I, like, I don't think I could ever be a guest on a podcast about it because I do not want to get critically deep into it because I want to just like pretend the bad stuff isn't happening and just watch the bits that I like, but. (laughs) Yeah, but it's more uh, exactly like we had that in the breakfast club when we talked about that. Yeah. And there are a lot of moments in in other films like that, that you're like, this is really horrible. I mean, there are, there are some moments because you know, um, David, David in the car is like that. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not a very, very diverse cast. Uh, yeah, white rapping. I mean, like implied inappropriate stuff, but but the tone is a, so yeah, the tone is so uh, off, and it's, it's so silly. It, yeah, it, it's so silly that there's nothing. It's definitely a hugely inoffensive film. It's only offensive because it's made poorly. You know, it's not. No one like. Okay, I think what's offensive about Sixteen Candles and a lot of the John Hughes films is that John Hughes is like especially in this genre somewhat of a genius with like he's made such great movies that have connected to so many young people and made them feel like they belong and then they also have these moments that feel so shitty and like in the prison of today are, are so bad but i don't think anybody assigns that kind of value on Teen Witch. I'm sure there's some people, but I don't think anyone was like, oh, you know, Teen Witch really f- made me feel like I belong, or Teen Witch, <laughs> like, I connected yeah, I to it so much. Thing that, yeah, people go, like, I watched The Breakfast Club, and, like, I was Anthony Michael Hall, or, like, you know, I was Ali Sheedy, or whatever, but 
Yeah. Yeah, <clears> ju- <throat> just like people. people like, it was just a fun part of my childhood, but it wasn't like, it didn't like make me who I am today. Or that. <laughs> just like the people mm. who can hurt you the most are the ones closest to you. The films that can hurt you the most are like the ones that connect with you more. And um, like the John Hughes stuff, and there's plenty of other stuff we'll cover on this podcast where like mm. viewed in a prism now is like a, could be like a little bit of a tough watch or more of a conflicting watch. The Teen Witch is not one of those things because it's not (laughs) because I don't think people connect on that level. I think people watch it and they just have a good time. And it's a movie. I feel like it gets, and I'm using quotation marks. You know, if you were in the same room as me, you'd see me do it, (laughs) but um, it's a movie that gets better in a way, the more mm. times you watch it, because the less you're invested in the plot, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and then you've watched it enough times, you go like, I know these things aren't going to happen in the movie, because I've seen it so many times, I know I'm not going to get resolution on everything. <laughs> but, you know, probably by the time you've watched it like 10 times, that doesn't matter, because you're like, I know it's not going to happen, so I'm not going to worry. And I want to be clear, it's not that there's no resolution in a cool, ambiguous, realistic way, <laughs> you know, mm. there's no mm. there's no resolution to a lot of things in an unexplained, weird way. But you know, it, yeah. it's a fun film. So, Shawnee, mm. how? Well, what should we rate this film on first of all? Before I ask you, how will you rate mm. it? Um. Well, I think because it's good to rate it on like a an actual object, yes, rather than maybe. Because Polly has so many hats. Oh, that's a good one. Polly's hats, because she has at least five, which is good because we're rating it out of five. Yeah, she's like she's like the blossom of this film. Okay, <laughs> so out of five Polly's hats, what do you rate mm. Teen Witch? Um, well, I kind of feel like I feel, I feel like I've well, on my letterbox thing, I rated it three. But I kind of feel like how I got to that was more an average of kind of what I felt about it. Because I suppose it's probably more like a two and a half or a two. But then out of enjoyment. Yeah, and let's let's rate on enjoyment here because this is a slumber party. Of, We're having good time. I'm kind of giving it like a three, I think, because it's kind of, you know, it's probably not like a three technically, but sitting in there and enjoying it. It's probably like a three stars. Three hats, sorry. Three Polly's hats <laughs> out of five. I'm going to give it a three Polly's hats out of five as well, but I totally get it if somebody gives this a four Polly's hats out of five because this is just, again, such an awesomely bad film. And I would get it if someone gave it a two or a one. This this film could be rated yeah. anywhere on mm. the Polly's hat spectrum, depending on what mood you're in and what enjoyment level you have. Yeah, and I mean, I often rate things on, even when I put do ratings <clears throat> on Letterboxd, I kind of think about it, I'll often sort of, I often rate it higher because I kind of go, yes, it's probably this, but because I like it so much, I'm going to be generous because, like, I rewatched The Lost Boys the other day and obviously, again, similar quality film because they didn't have a lot, tons of money. <laughs> That film is not like technically amazing, so it's probably like a two. But I give that a four because you just kind of get sucked into 
everything about it. It's just you enjoy it so much, it's actually a four. So, yeah, I'm happy to give Teen Witch a three. But, yeah, any rating you want to give it, I guess, is is totally fair. I can't. I <laughs> almost can't argue. Well, I would probably argue with someone who gives it a five. Or, a, or I would argue with a five, and I would argue with a one, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think a five, you're being too generous. <laughs> <laughs> and a one, you just have and no, one, you know, you have no heart, one. you know? Yeah. <laughs> you, like, a one, like, at least give it a one. Even if you don't like it, a one for effort because they showed up, they made it. Like, so just that's just being completely horrible. You can give it, <laughs> if you give it like a zero or a one, it's just like, come on. It was, it was a thing that was created. So it was <clears throat> people were still out there doing their best. So, but yeah. <laughs> so, Shawnee. Thank you so much for coming on. One thing oh, I want to remind you, do not forget to post um, your Teen Witch pin. And, I won't. And don't forget to let us know what you dressed up as for Halloween. Mm-hmm. By the way, I can do that. we talked about this a little off air, but I'm really thinking of starting a high school slumber party pin collection. Mm-hmm. So, so that you're going to have to help me out with that because I don't know if every film has a pin. Yeah, there's um, probably really like obscure things often don't or sometimes they might because it might just be someone on Etsy going, I love this obscure thing and I can't find a pin so I've made one. But a lot of the like main films you can get pins for. Like, I mean, I've got a pin for this, which is a bit, even that's yeah, a bit obscure. That's surprising. Look. But, um, yes, what high school, I don't have any myself, but there's a lot of Mean Girls ones around, of course, because there's so many quotes from that and everything. I think a lot of, like, the main high school films you can get pins, like all the John Hughes ones, there's pins all over the place. So, Well, but, yeah. y- you might need to help me out on tracking down some of these pins, but I, I, I don't know. <clears throat> I can definitely... But I mean, there probably aren't any for the kissing booth, but that's fine. <laughs> I haven't looked, but I I wouldn't want a pin for that. So I have to get it. I have to. I I, I just want to get something to commemorate every the collection. <laughs> I'll think of something. Anyway, mm. Shawnee, thank you so much for coming on. <clears throat> well, thank you very much. Oops, sorry. <clears throat> thank you very much for having me on again. And letting me uh, talk about my love of Top That. <laughs> so where can people uh, follow you and um, find, find the pins you post and such? <laughs> probably the best place is Twitter, because all of my other social media is private, because I don't like weird people following me. But <laughs> on Twitter, it's fine, because, you know, that's what Twitter's for. <laughs> yes, understandable. <laughs> Um, yes, but you can find me um, at Shawnee Mead, which is one word. Um, probably, you know, if you listen to this podcast, I am followed by this podcast on Twitter and often I post things. So you can just find me that way rather than having to try and spell my name because it is a bit of a tricky one. But uh, <laughs> but yes, you can find me on the High School Summer Party Twitter page around the place. So if you want. I do just a lot of, you know, GIFs of movies that I'm rewatching. 
if you want that kind of content, that's me. <laughs> Absolutely. And we definitely appreciate it. You've been a great friend of the program. Oh, uh, well, that's, that's good. Thank you for having me back again. That's very nice. And most importantly, happy Halloween. I hope you enjoy yeah, it. Happy and have an awesome have party. Very fun time. And I hope you have a fun time. And I hope everyone celebrating Halloween has a spectacular time. <laughs> whoa, oh, whoa, whoa. Where am I? Wow. I think all that ghost stuff was just a dream. I knew it was silly anyway. I sorry guys for being over dramatic or I mean everything seems to be fine. Wow, we we made it through the night. Awesome. So did you enjoy our like super 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 in-depth conversation on Teen Witch? Can't believe how long we talked about it for. But it is an awesome movie. An awesomely bad movie. Thank you so much, Shawnee for coming on and happy Halloween everybody. I hope your Halloween was like super awesome, super safe. You got a lot of candy and you had a good time. Um yeah, I mean Teen Witch. What more to say? And if you listened to both episodes and you did not watch Teen Witch, you're a fool. For so many reasons, but you're a fool. Go watch Teen Witch. It's really, really cool. So I wow, again. I'm happy I'm alive and here with you. I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess it just... I guess it just wasn't real after all. Well, another Halloween has come and gone. Yes, Charlie Brown. I don't understand it. I went trick-or-treating and all I got was a bag full of rocks. I suppose you spend all night in the pumpkin patch. And the great pumpkin never showed up? Nope. Well, don't take it too hard, Linus. I've done a lot of stupid things in my life, too. Stupid? What do you mean, stupid? Your homework for next week is to watch, actually, Teen Witch is, like, awesomely bad. Next week's film, The Last Picture Show, is one of the greatest high school films if not films of all time. And melt your cold, cold heart. Tony Bennett's cold, cold heart was on everybody's hit parade. Elizabeth Taylor was getting married. Boys wore ducktails. The police action in the Far East was Korea. And Anarene, Texas, like other small towns, is approaching the end of an era. I heard about the ball game last night. 121 to 14. Must be pretty near record. What do you think he'd do if he found us? Shoot us, probably. But, Mama, it's a sin, isn't it? Unless you're married, you know I wouldn't do that. <sighs> Don't be so mealy mouth. Come it out! Come it out! You've got to be men like the rest of them. Ain't none of you pretty enough to be women. You boys can get on out of here. I don't want to have no more to do with you. I've been around that trashy behavior all my life. I'm getting tired of putting up with it. Oh, quit prison. I don't think you did it right anyway. Just read.
honey. What? That's a lie. I'll stay with her all night one of these nights, too. She done promised. You won't either. Yes, I will. Why shouldn't I? I'm not sorry for you. You'd have left Billy, too, just like you left me. I bet you left him plenty of nights. Whenever J.C. whistled. So long, buddy. So long, buddy. Be careful. I'll take care of the mercury for you. I'll see you in a year or two if I don't get shot. You wouldn't believe how this country's changed. I reckon the reason why I always drag you out here is probably I'm just as sentimental as the next fella when it comes to old times. Old times. Anarene, Texas, 1951. Nothing much has changed. Yeah. It's safe to say we're changing pace next week. Our guests, Joey Lewandowski, the godfather himself, hopefully not a ghost version, and Tobin Addington, one of the two hosts of The Contenders, here on the Cage Club Podcast Network. That's cageclub.me, cageclub.me. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'm really loving your responses. Things are awesome. I love uh, the little community we're building. Um, couple, couple things I was going to mention. Oh, between my uh, hauntings, I actually saw Teen Witch at the Alamo Draft House in Yonkers, near where I live. So cool on the big screen. And every time you watch Teen Witch, it gets more awesomely bad. So you keep watching Teen Witch, guys. Thanks so much for stopping by. I leave you with I Like Boys. Later, dudes. <laughs>
go home. Go.